So our guest today is Lourdes Valdez, who survived traveling with Annie and me in Mexico for over a week. So she deserves like all the high fives for that. Um, but And the movie we'll be talking about today is Terminal. But Lourdes, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where, what do you do? It's a lot. No, excellent. So we like it all. I mean, it is, I mean, one of the nice things I would say about Los Angeles, especially, and I always remember at this time of year when we hear about like the horror stories and the cold weather everywhere else is like how nice it is to be able to go hiking year round. Like that is, it is my favorite thing. My favorite, but uh, it's too great. I know I'm already having kind of a panic attack because tomorrow I'm supposed to go to Savannah for the weekend and I have a connecting flight through Newark in New Jersey and I've already received text messages and emails from United being like, please be advised, your your flight may be canceled or delayed and I'm like, if I miss this weekend, I will lose my mind. Or, no, my... Or, no, my big fear more than that is that I would get stuck in Newark. Like, my flight from L.A. would make it to Newark, and I'd be stuck in Newark and wouldn't get to Savannah. I honestly don't even know, especially because my flight back from Savannah flies through D.C., so at some point I'd have to get from Newark to D.C. (laughs) Yeah. So it'll be fun. I'm living my best life. Perfect. That's what I need right now. That's what I need. Ugh. Okay. But so the movie we're picking today to talk about is The Terminal. Before we get into our pop culture of the week, Lord, is why The Terminal? And tell us, when was the last time you watched The Terminal? Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Indeed. Uh, it's going to be so much to go into. But before we do that, Annie, what is our first section? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was telling her. I was like, can we forget this? Because we cannot. Please. Really obsessed with this. Okay. I'm glad that, like, Sophia will be so happy to hear that. Have you told her? Okay. Yeah, run with it. Run with it. Don't waste no time. Um, and then... Okay, so how about you, Lourdes? I didn't either. Yeah, female actors. Yeah. That's true. I mean, there's a lot of interesting ones. I mean, because there's a... And I, Annie, I don't know if it's made it to Chicago, but the fact that Michelle Williams got paid $1,000 to reshoot her scenes for all the money in the world and Mark Wahlberg got paid, like, millions. Um, so, but what's interesting now is... And I don't know how we'll measure this because, granted, like, I... They, I have not yet seen the movie that I want to and there's so many things that are kind of clickbaity about it because it's this idea that 
like how much did each of their scenes like require and also like were they working on other things because then it's like you have to if Mark Wahlberg was shooting something else then you have to like pay to stop production on something else to allow him to do it so it's interesting and I'm interested to see how this goes what I find fascinating though because if you look at the list of the women involved in Time's Up it also includes people like I know Blake Lively is very into it and like Kristen Stewart but within the last few years they've worked with Woody Allen so it's like what do you do with that and Kate Winslet too who apparently has said some ridiculous things that I was on about working with Woody Allen and how like um that it like she didn't have that experience so it like can't be that bad and you're like mm, I think you're missing but yeah Yeah, that means, yeah, that means at certain points you shut up, right? And then, <laughs> like, yeah, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, no, the Time's Up campaign is interesting. And I really, like, I hope it works, if that might, like, I get nervous about things that sometimes are flashy, or, but I, if, I think if they really do make it intentionally intersectional, you know, like Lena Waithe is heavily involved and I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, Ugh. I mean, so the only pop culture I've actually weirdly, so I was sick this weekend and one of the things I did related to Deborah Messing. So I'll go back to that because I saw two movies, but neither of them, I saw I, Tanya, and I saw The Post, but neither of them really, like, stuck with me or grabbed me in any way. But when I was sick, and I had never really watched Will and Grace growing up. Annie, I think you did, right? You liked Will and Grace? Is that true? It was. So when I was sick on Saturday, I watched the new season of Will and Grace, like, the entire thing. Because I was just, like, essentially dead on my couch. Um... But yeah, so it was fascinating. I liked it. I thought it was funny. But I also really like sitcoms. Mm -hmm. So that is that was my pop culture of the week. And I'm feeling better, which to be honest, for a while I thought would never be the case. Because you know how like when you get sick when you travel... And then you're like, what? Like, this is who I am now. Um, so, but it's not. Now I'm good. <laughs> uh, all right. So, to our discussion of the terminal. I like how you framed it before about being, like, the story that really stuck with you. And there are so many parts where... You can like laugh and you can cry and you can get angry. And when we were rewatching this, one of the things I hadn't really remembered was like how angry I became on his behalf. And also how like it's most of the people who work in the terminal become angry on his behalf. Um, but yeah. awful like 
we actually, I, part of it was like we had to take breaks almost while watching this movie because it was so challenging. What stuck out to you this time then? Yeah, no, I think it like a uh, border security. Well, and this movie does really, so re, no, 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 rewatching at this point. Well, because my thing is, is what this, mm -hmm. yeah. 2004. Yeah, it was after that. Yes. It is crazy, especially because Tom Hanks doesn't look that much older. Because, like, I again, I saw the post this week, and he doesn't look that much older, which is crazy. 
But and Diego Luda, bless my heart, he's the cutest. Um, and I can't even with him. Diego Luna. No, but what I was going to say about Stanley Tucci's character, and I think, like, to this point that it was, this movie was released less than five years after 9-11, and it was, like, very intentionally showing a critical lens at border security, is that we never have a humanistic portrayal of Stanley Tucci. Like, we never learn anything about his character. We just know that he wants the raise, but whereas... He's not. He doesn't really have much depth if we think about it, because it it could be something like oh, in other movies or even other Steven Spielberg movies might have done this, where it gives him some motivation for acting the way he does. Um, like it could be you know like personal financial struggles or something else. But we only ever see him as a villain, and I think that come that comes in most clearly in the scene with the immigrant trying to get the drugs to his father in Canada or from Canada. Um, But I think one of the things that was unsettling or unfulfilling to me about this movie watching it this time was the fact that the resolution just seems like way too easy. Like, why run outside and make as if you're going to stop him and then just be like, well the flight from China is it here. Like that to me doesn't ring true to what we know of the character to that point. So I have nothing to do. That's true. That, I mean, we should just state that it has, like, one of the mo- like least fulfilling romantic stories ever. Least fulfilling. Like, I, I mean, with essentially a stock character, it's like a cardboard female character in the sense that she has manic pixie dream girl qualities, but is, like, at a basis, like, bad and continually like verbally calls out her own like lack of 
empathy. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird. It's it's. I mean, what's hard is that there, yeah, it would be interesting though if she wasn't in it because then it would seem as if only men are in airports. Like, think about it. voice okay so I'm gonna bring in the post have either of you seen the post Okay, well, just because similar, it's like a Spielberg movie that's about, con like, supposed to reflect on contemporary issues and is political in some way. And it's interesting because the center of the story is the Meryl Streep character. Um, and my, my mind is, like, literally a sieve at this moment, so I cannot remember her name to save my life, but she is really important, and I feel foolish. But... Um, there's so many scenes that kind of glorify her by in her vulnerability and like her lack of comfort leading the company. Um, and there's one stage and it is among the most heavy handed Spielberg moments that I've ever seen. And like norm, like I love the founder, you know what I mean? This is who I am, but it's, there's the Bradley Whitford character being like, oh, it shows you what her dad thought about her, that he left the company to her husband. And, oh yeah, Annie, everyone's in it. Well, he's commenting, he makes an offhand comment like, oh, like her husband was so great. Her father left the company to him. And then Tom Hanks, kind of always in this heroic role, is like, wasn't that just what happened during that time? And... She's still not a very complex character, and and it's interesting because there's been a lot made about how it's a really young female screenwriter on the post. But I just I just don't. I'm trying to think like if he's ever done women well, and I'm not sure. But he does he with this film and with the terminal he clearly wanted to be part of a larger discussion then on the role of immigration and now on the role of uh, political media anyway sidebar oh, I want you guys to see it so that we <laughs>
Right? I mean, it is easy washing. Like, it doesn't. And granted, we were, we knew the general storyline, but it does, it's not something that, like, needs your full attention either. So it kind of worked. It was a good vacation movie in that sense. But it is. Talk away. There are so many parts that are so upsetting because I'm even thinking now, yeah, or, or the fact that he's just so good. It's like, there's no complex characters in this realistically. Cause if we think about it, we have Stanley Tucci as like a bad villain. We have Tom Hanks's character who is seemingly the most innocent, good natured person to ever walk the face of the planet. We have Catherine Zeta-Jones, who's, like, evil. Like, she's, like, a bad woman. And then we have the side characters played by people of color who help the main character achieve his dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's crazy. It's an enjoyable movie, but, like, very problematic. 
<laughs> Annie's going through the stages. Annie's going through the stages for sure. And the funny parts are charming. And like, again, like Diego Luna is charming and should be in everything that he wants to be in. Charming. Mm. I have a huge crush on Diego Luna. Well, we've, well, we've talked about Rogue One before, for sure. Um, and yes, we did. You're like, Andy, like we talked about Rogue One with Yuffie. That was like over a year ago. How crazy is that? Um, but ugh, loved it. And I mean, there's so many Diego Luna movies. I mean, we haven't talked about Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, which is really what needs to happen. Mask of Zorro clearly needs to happen. Um, I mean, realistically, I know it wasn't this past week, but watching Mask of Zorro in Mexico City reignited my love for that movie in a very deep way. Frida, and it was, Frida was cool to watch there because to, like, be there in the morning and then see all that stuff that, like, see it again in the movie that night... It made me really impressed with how much of Mexico City they used in the movie. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, it could be revoked, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is one you would like. Elmer, a French company, pays a new shower with a hat to track the amount of water used. It promises an environmentally friendly flow to be set to turn off after. She's missable as a character, I think, is the over. <laughs> over. Scan the cube, recognize it, and then take 
Also, how dehumanizing the process can be. Just like how dehumanizing the process of even going through customs can be. And I mean, like, we really lucked out when we went through this time because truly, like, on the little bus ride over from the terminal, we saw, what, like, you saw an article and there was also an, an ad for the app that was like, sign up here and then, like, speed through the line, the mobile border passport control. And it took us, like, zero time at all. That's, like, free advertising. The advertising, it was great. Um... Yeah, it was great. It was outstanding. Ugh. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh, I think for me, this movie, the legacy is a little bit more complicated. I don't think it's necessarily... I would important or like required viewing for people what I would say is that I do think it should be included in overarching studies of Spielberg's work because sometimes I feel like particularly with directors that are universally known that there's always an emphasis on their major films so like with Spielberg we might think of like E.T. or um, Indiana Jones or Schindler's List or even Lincoln and it's this idea how does this fit into what how might we think about this in terms of smaller movies that he's done and like what are consistent themes or consistent problems like are female characters problematic or cross um, do we have kind of this too strict of a dichotomy between good and evil like are those arguments there and relevant? So like taking much more of a film student view of this film, I think it's valuable. I'm going to start anywhere in the world. I'm going to start just because I'm so nervous about my flight tomorrow that I just like really want to be in Savannah, Georgia this weekend. Um, and I just want it to happen. So I hope I make it there. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We take several. Well, and you started learning Dutch off of an app, so you're like halfway there.
Excellent. You should. Ugh. You will. You will. Ugh. All right. Well, Lourdes, I'm so glad you were able to join us again on another adventure, this time in podcasting. Uh, <laughs> I know it's been like, it is one of those things that's weird about traveling because like it's so much and then all of a sudden it's like nothing. It's kind of like summer camp when you were little, like if you ever went to summer camp when you were little because it was like so much time, so much time and you had all these adventures and you had, I mean like, because we had all of our meals together, realistically, you have like consistent conversations that carry on for hours at a time for days. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like now I go to work and like now I answer this email. And yeah, so it's, it's really jarring. But it's another reason why it's like so important to travel and to have those experiences because they are different for sure, for sure. I'm apparently feeling very philosophical today. <laughs> we try. We try. Ugh. Okay. Well, Annie, you ready to wrap it up? base yeah Annie like sent me all these emails one day and she's like I have all this stuff figured out and I was like okay because do you remember in Mexico City how we saw that restaurant called Brothers and wait what was it called Brothers and Partners and we were like <laughs> we were like we are definitely naming our media empire sisters and friends <laughs> so it'll be great so from It'll be great.